0: Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to another Thursday evening teaching. Glad you're joining us again this year. It's fantastic that we can actually share the Word of God together. And you know, if you're looking for a new church and you live on the Gold Coast, why don't you come and join us? We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see you there. We're a friendly church, we preach the Word of God and that really is all you need to be looking for. Why don't you join me now in the Lord's Prayer? When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, this was his response. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Excuse me. Every believer needs to know what the Bible says about spiritual issues, which means we need to read the Bible to know these things. And for the next couple of months, what the Bible says will be the theme of our Thursday evening messages. Today's message is titled, What the Bible Says About Prayer. The text that we're going to concentrate on is Matthew 6, 5. It's the model prayer. It's what we just prayed. It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. We don't want to be like that, do we? The scriptures we're working through are Matthew 6, 5 through to 13. Let's read it again from verse 6 onwards. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Hallelujah for that. And when you pray, we're in verse 7 now. When you pray... Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do for when they think that they will be heard for their many words. Mm. Think about that when you pray. Verse 8, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you need or that you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to break that scripture open a little bit so we can understand what prayer should be. But before we do that, let's pray for our offering. The details, if you're ready to sow, will be on the bottom of the screen. Father, we come to you today because you made us and you redeemed us, Lord. And we absolutely know and acknowledge that every good and perfect gift comes from your bountiful hands. Lord, make us good stewards of what you've given us. And by your grace, we've been brought with a price. And therefore, we desire to glorify you, Lord, and lift you up. Receive from our hands and our hearts these gifts this evening. Bless them, Lord, and use them to your glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So the question tonight is, what is prayer? To say that prayer is communication with God is an oversimplification. Prayer is the sincere desire in our souls expressed to God. Prayer is what allows us to establish intimacy with the Creator. Prayer creates an awareness of God's constant nearness to his people. Prayer is also how unbelievers, recognizing their sinful nature and need for salvation, find out about faith or call out in faith to receive God's eternal gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. Prayer is the expression of praise to God as well as the medium through which petitions are made on behalf of our human need. Prayer is described, explained and illustrated throughout the Bible. The greatest and most profound demonstration of prayer is the illustration of the earthly life of Jesus, who is often recorded Praying to his heavenly Father. The first thing we're looking at this evening is what are the general requirements for effective prayer? First, we need a forgiving spirit. Why is forgiveness so difficult for us? Our nature thrives on retaliation, on seeking vengeance. To truly forgive, as Christ taught us, means to to relinquish all tendencies to get even with those who have wronged us. That's forgiveness. An unforgiving spirit can overwhelm us and create a barrier between us and God. And actually our, for, our forgiveness toward others is just an outgoing of God's forgiveness that's already been expressed towards us. What about the second thing this evening is why we need it is Simplicity. To the Pharisees, prayer was a performance for the sake of those around them. These words of Jesus do not constitute indictment against one of God's children, leading to each heart silently joins in the prayer, affirming and enforcing the spoken prayer. Entering the closet may be more symbolism than a literal act, suggesting the closing out of of the interfering world while we communicate one-on-one with God. Entering the closet could be in your lounge room when there's no one else around. could be in your bedroom. could be anywhere. But it's shutting out the outside world and the distractions. People can pray like this anywhere, even in their busy workplace. Third is humility and repentance. Both the Pharisee and the publican, or the tax collector in this story, could represent lost men. The publican expressed only the prayer that God can hear from the sinner, a prayer of confession, admission of sin, and a cry of mercy. The prayer of the Pharisee, on the other hand, describes the person who considers himself good and therefore a credit to God and his kingdom. That's why the publican or the tax collector could be saved. But the Pharisee was a little bit harder. This person considers his... Good work's the price of admission into the kingdom of God. It's not about good works. Next is unity of believers. The explanation of this apparent blank check from God is in verse 20. The realization and recognition of God's presence with us will position our prayers and our prayer requests within his will. Prayer is never like rubbing a magic lamp in order to bring forth some divine genie to do our bidding for us. Prayer, in its petitionary nature, is primarily seeking the will of our Heavenly Father. Next is intensity. Again, the thrust of this prayer promise relates to the finding of God's will. Never do we need to beg or pester God. It's because of our slowness of heart and our spiritual immaturity that we spend so much time searching for His will, but so little time actually doing it. We're always seeking God's will, but are we actually doing it? Often not. But as we ask and seek and knock, the very exercise of faith has a cleansing effect on us, preparing us to receive the answer in accord with God's will and not our own wishes. And we are required to pray unceasingly. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without ceasing. We must keep the communication lines open between us and God constantly. Our very attitude of life should be an expression of prayer of God or the expression of a prayer to God. That's how we should be living life. The increasing communication with the Father God will foster a beautiful and cherished naturalness in our prayer life. Our second point this evening is the personal requirements for effective prayer. What do we need to do to have effective prayer? First one is we need to have a purity of heart. God, through the ministry of the indwelling Holy Spirit, reveals sin when it exists in the lives of His people. If after that we don't deal with our sin, our prayers are aborted. He can't answer a prayer when we're living in sin. The hill of the Lord and his holy place described the experience of a personal confrontation with God. I use the word confrontation there. Clean hands indicate that our actions are open for God to see and a pure heart indicates that any sin in our lives is confessed. And then we have faith. Sadly, not every Christian who prays believes that God has the power to answer that prayer. I don't know why you would pray if you don't believe, the prayer will be answered. To truly believe with intensity of faith that requires us to cultivate the, the gift of faith that God gives to each believer in embryonic form. That faith is inside us. We need to let it grow and use it. And we have to be praying in Christ's name. John fourteen thirteen says, And whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. This is not just a religious formula we use to close our prayers. It's a recognition that the source of all good things is Christ. His name represents all that he is. And we have to pray according to God's will. 1 John 5.14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This indeed is the ultimate secret to effective prayer. And our third point this evening is the constituent parts of prayer. Because prayers need to be structured, don't they? They can't just be wish lists. The first one of them is adoration. Adoration of God diminishes self and exalts Him. There has to be confession. We need to confess our sins. This is the Lord's prayer here. We need to confess our sin. And that's the key that opens the door to continuing unbroken fellowship with God. We need to have thanksgiving. The sin of ungratefulness is perhaps the most common sin among Christians. Too often we take our God for granted. We need supplication. That describes a humble and earnest request before God. We need intercession. We must intercede for those who are sick and are going through stuff because people can be so far from God that they cannot pray for themselves. That's where intercession comes in. As we finish up this evening, prayer must be an integral part of a Christian's life, every Christian's life. We should engage in secret, private prayer like we are told in Matthew 6.6. We should engage in family prayer, in group prayer, and in public prayer. Let me say that again. We should engage in private prayer, family prayer, group prayer, Public prayer. We should see more prayer in our churches. And let me encourage you, as I do every time we meet, to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body. And you're important to God, you know that but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And this year, 2023, is a year of divine restoration and divine recovery. So let me encourage you to start praying and start getting closer to the Lord. And until next time, stay in the blessings.